0: This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station.
1: It's Fun Friday. My name is Jeff Sandu. Last week, Culture Pop's Matt Amatich was happy. It was the first week of the year and his mince pie sugar rush had sustained him into the new year. Good stuff though, should have more of that. This week he wants to get serious and he tells the tech industry what we expect of it in 2018. So it's time to Matt-splain. Matt, any connections between today's show and CES in Las Vegas?
0: Hey Jeff, good morning. Um, yes and no. I'm I'm not going to talk about CES because we're going to talk <clears> about it more in uh, in Geeks. So I'm not going to... Uh spoil that. But I do have some important things to say to Silicon Valley. Today's show is a manifesto. It's a clarion call. It may be the most important broadcast that you will hear this year. I want to invite the technology industry to rise to our challenge and show off its best side. It's time for the world's best and brightest to use their brains and their ingenuity to solve problems in our lives that have persisted for millennia. They may have to halt their pursuit of deep space and deep ocean, or cast aside their bezels and their artificial intelligence to give us the solutions we truly deserve. Today, I want to talk to you about the things that technology forgot to fix, the things that got left behind, the things that no one thought we needed. To Silicon Valley, the billionaires, the visionaries, I ask you, help us make 2018 a trivial year.
1: Well, that was anti-climax, Matt.
0: Well, don't think of it as an anti-climax. Think of (laughs) it as getting the details right, you know, going back Hmm. and fixing the things that we missed. Um, Technology is a wonderful thing, but we tend to leap ahead in these great big jumps. And Mm. you have to wonder... Who is left behind to, to fix the things that get overlooked? You know, the things that won't make the, the headlines. Uh, I can give you an example. One of the failed or not yet realized crowdfunding campaigns I invested in was for magnetic shoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, because shoes haven't really changed a lot. In hundreds of years, uh, yes, Reebok brought in a NASA scientist to look at energy return in its shoes, but you have to wonder if that was for the headlines as it was as much as it was for the usefulness yeah, but does it matter? Well, no, and that's kind of my point. By and large, our shoes are still an upper, a sole, and some laces, and they've been like that for a really, really, really long time. Yes, science has played with the materials we use to make them. Soles are no longer made of leather, and they're not hammered in with nails anymore, thank (laughs) God. Because even when I was a kid, adults would complain that the nails had come through and were hurting Mm. their feet. So, you know, it's really not that long ago. So when I invested in the magnetic shoes, which are essentially an upper that floats above the sole on a cushion of magnetically charged air i was interested because they offered a truly different way of looking at shoes and maybe a different way of walking i wanted to see if this would be you know their evolution or whether it was just going to be a gimmick turns out it was actually basically just a pipe dream for a group of developers who really didn't understand what they were getting into because they still don't exist
1: Mm. so who made you king of all that is trivial
0: Good question. Of course, nobody, uh, which is why I crowdsourced today's show to find out what real and actual people would like science to solve. Mm. And I have to say, I was pretty pleased with the results, although I did have to explain the idea a bit more fully <laughs> to a couple of people who wanted intergalactic whiz-bangs. Gray, your teleportation device, that means you. Yes, we all want <laughs> a teleporter, but the small matter of matter has to be resolved first.
1: All right. So where do we start?
0: Well, it turns out that for the 80 or so years that we've had nuclear weapons, they've mostly been too large. Mm. This request comes not from my own Facebook feed, (laughs) but from a Mr. DJ Trump. Uh, He has decided that the world needs a more usable nuclear weapon. And as he has access to his own military development labs, he's jolly well going to make them. Uh, Of course, during the communist era, the uh, USSR was supposed to have developed suitcase bombs. Uh, These were basically mini nukes that could be hand-carried and easily deployed behind enemy lines Mm. in cities some were also rumored to have disappeared after the fall of the ussr but i'm sure they're being well cared for somewhere or other Mm.
1: and djt
0: well it turns out that the us's nuclear arsenal as well as being very old is also extremely powerful so you can't set one of their nukes off without causing some kind of extinction level event which is a problem if you want to subject a few thousand people to nuclear fallout, but not absolutely everyone. So the strategic idea is that it would counter the potential that uh, an adversary like Russia might use strategic or tactical nuclear devices of its own in a European war, based on the assumption that the U.S. would not retaliate with its own much larger nuclear devices, which would cause too much devastation. Of course, whether or not you would want DJT to have access to usable nuclear weapons depends on where you sit on the political and insanity spectra.
1: (laughs) Anyone else offer you useful suggestions?
0: Yes, I'm not convinced about the usefulness of all of them, but lots of suggestions. So uh, Chris suggested some kind of smart mixer taps Mm. that predetermine the temperature of the water coming out. Well, it turns out, Chris, that that technology already exists. Uh Uh, In fact, a bunch of companies were showing off this kind of tech at CES this year. Uh, they've even taken it a step further into the world of voice technology so that you can ask Alexa to turn on the water and it will be at the exact temperature that you request. <laughs> um, something that you can buy now is a swish and stylish device called Nomos by a company called uh, Fima Cala Fratini, which does exactly that. It has a little display pad and you key in the desired temperature wow. and the tap mixes hot and cold water to that effect. I am surprised that these mm. haven't become a lot more common to yeah. be perfectly honest. Um, (laughs) But maybe it's voice control and singing to your shower that's going to be the uh, killer feature.
1: Yeah. Uh, Let's stick with the body, shall we?
0: Well, yes, sort of. Anyway, um, Ronnie wants an app that automatically opens closed eyes in photos. Right, exactly. Um, We've all been there, um, especially anybody that tries to take a photo of me. Um, (laughs) You know, you take the group photo and there's always one Mm. person who's mid-blink or they've got their eyes screwed shut in case you're going to use the flash. If you're lucky, you check the photo while you're there, you see the Mm. mistake and you retake it. But most often, it's really only later on. It's when you want to upload it to somewhere and you realise that George and Georgina have ruined your photo for the umpteenth time with their stupid squinty eyes. Now, there is a fix in software like Adobe Photoshop that can analyse previous photos where, for example, you've jammed George's (laughs) eyes open with your fingers and AI will match the data to the damaged photo and repair it. But that's not really a quick fix. Mm. That's a fix that you can do if you're an art director, creating the cover for Italian Vogue. (laughs) Uh, As far as I'm aware, there aren't any apps that do this yet, although Google has filed a patent that would allow its Photos app to Mm. do something very similar. Um, But I don't think that's actually with us yet. So come on, Google, make Ronnie happy, and stop (laughs) us unfriending George and Georgina and their squinty, squinty eyes.
1: Well, we've got time for one more before we hit the break.
0: Okay, the thing about asking people for specific fixes for trivial things is that you get trivial things. You know, most of us are not Elon Musk. Our lives are very much trivial. Mm. But these trivial, these little things are what makes life bearable. And for Shen, it's actually something that should be really easy to fix.
1: Uh, you're really building the anticipation with this one here.
0: I'm trying. Okay. Um, (laughs) Cast your mind back to the past when life Mm -hmm. was sepia tinged and no one had heard of photo filters. Okay. Remember a time when TV shows were weekly, when you had uh, to wait. 167 mind-numbing hours to find out what was going to happen to wow. Sookie Stackhouse. Yeah, I know. Uh, well, back in those days when our streets were full of gunfighting cowboys and orphaned <laughs> steeds, it made sense to have a little recap of the previous episodes and a nice long intro sequence to your favorite show. Yeah, In the world of, uh, in the age of Netflix, rather, not so much. You've plumped up the cushions on the sofa. You've filled a cooler with sodas and potato chips. If that cushion hit a commode, you wouldn't be moving for the next 10 hours. So why do you have to sit through an intro sequence Mm. and or a recap as one episode spills into the next? Yes, you can scroll it. But, for example, the only way to speed through anything on my Apple TV remote is to actually sit on it, which activates some function that only my butt cheeks seem to be able to, uh, to get to mm-hmm. Netflix already cuts the full credits and the end sequence until the final episodes. So why not just do the same with the, inf- with the intros? Come on Netflix, make one Shen happy. It's such a tiny little fix. Ah huh.
1: actually I thought that like, you know they already did the intro uh, you could actually skip the entire intro. Uh, of the TV series for Stranger Things, it, I I had the option for Narcos. I had the option as well. Oh really? Maybe it's just on. The, I think it's, it's on the ne- original. Netflix, yeah, yeah own shows. Yeah. The original productions yeah. of Netflix. You can skip the intro. You get can, rid of all of them. Get rid. Yeah, do it for all of it. Because I I uh, well i got a love-hate relationship with that though because for like Stranger Things and, and Narcos, I, I leave it on because, you know, the but intro... But you don't the, need
0: it's, to see it eight oh, but times it's, in a row.
1: I, I don't need to see it. I enjoy the music in it. And like, I think that's my emotional connection with we'll this intro. and pause
0: it and play it in Spotify.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll go for a short break and uh, we'll return in just a moment. BFM 89.9. Be Firmly Motivated. BFM eighty
0: nine point nine,
1: and we're back. My name is Jeff Sandu, and before the break, Matt got truly trivial, requesting fixes for Netflix intros for all kinds of uh, uh, shows that's on Netflix, uh, heated mixer taps, and smaller and more usable nuclear weapons. Just that's the scale we're talking about here. Yeah, uh, not sure. You know, not very sure about that. Yeah, last it's a pretty one, broad it, range. Very, yes. very mixer broad. taps <laughs> and nuclear
0: weapons. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Never mentioned it in the same sentence before.
0: Anyway. Actually, how about a nuclear weapon with mixer taps?
1: It could be too. Like, Or you could have a mixer tap that mixes nuclear. nuclear, nuclear yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. We're getting somewhere now. Matt, you mentioned about heavy bags and power consumption. Uh, did those come up on your tip sheets?
0: Batteries batteries, batteries oh, When I asked people yeah. to contribute to today, I got a lot of batteries. Um, but the first person to claim ownership of the batteries was Erman so we continue to load up with things that are very hungry for power. Um, maybe this one isn't so trivial maybe this is you know a bit more. Kind of essential, yeah. yeah. Um, we are making some incredible desi- uh, devices, but we're consistently let down by the things that power them. I know there isn't a quick and easy solution for this one. I know we're already pushing the limits of the battery technologies that we already have. You know, we talk about how amazing it is that bezels are falling off the screens mm. of our phones, but it's less cool when you have an umbilical cord dangling <laughs> in front of your groin because you're five thousand dollar <laughs> smartphone can't live without being tethered, uh, tethered to a, an LI ion brick mm. in your other pocket. So this year I want all of the phone and computer and electric car designers to stop what they're doing and sort out batteries. Yeah, I don't care how you do it. Ultra efficient solar panels, salt water conversion. You can run <laughs> them directly from our hearts yeah. if you want. It doesn't matter. Do what it takes and get it sorted. Otherwise, you know, we're just buying fancy paperweights. So I implore you, do it for me, do it for Erman, do it for the world. Wow.
1: It's a week of really great speeches. I mean, we've had one from Oprah and, you you know, And, and two for yeah. me. <laughs> <in
0: that>. <laughs> well, <laughs> Fine, okay. I mean, I wouldn't have put myself in Oprah's <laughs> league to begin with, but hey, throw that in my face.
1: So, any, uh, well, uh, did anyone say shoelaces, Matt?
0: <laughs> yes, Tanner and Kay would like to have their shoelaces sorted. Uh, I mentioned shoes at the start with the magnetic shoes. Laces work pretty well. They have done for, I don't know, probably hundreds of years, maybe even longer than that. Mm. But are they the best solution? Like belts on your trousers, not really. Mm. Um, There are other options. Velcro, which, of course, makes you look like a child. (laughs) Uh, Zips, come on, it's a shoe. (laughs) Zips barely work for trousers and dresses. They are nobody's idea of the go-to solution. Uh, Slip-ons, yes, they have their uses, but, you know, they're not really Mm. elegant. So come on, engineer people. You know, you can send spaceships to Mars. Think about it. Picture the future. Mm. Elon Musk exits his shuttle. He takes his first steps on the red planet. There's no way he's going to ruin that moment by bending down and trying to fumble through his spacesuit with the laces on his boot. Even worse, he might not notice. He trips and he flies off in orbit towards the sun. (laughs) Come on, science, are you trying to ruin Elon's dream? Sort it out, please. Mm.
1: Fixing a lot of these examples seems quite obvious, Matt. What about the things that have been overlooked?
0: I'm back to Shen for this one, and I have to admit, I really do like this one. Ah. He wonders why aircon can't be more targeted. So for example, hmm. he wants one that will cool one side of the bed more than the other. Okay. Or if you're face deep in nachos watching <laughs> The Crown, an aircon <laughs> that can leave one side of the sofa toasty and the other frigid. Mm. You know, it might sound silly, but in how many homes is that a constant source of friction? One partner says, oh, it's too hot. The other says it's too cold. I know it happens in mm. my house all the time. I even have a little portable AC unit by the side <laughs> of my bed that gives me a little frost boost so that I can keep the overall temperature warmer for my other half. So I think we'll probably be doing a, a bit of a special on mm. cooling tech in the next few months. Mm-hmm. So. Aircon makers, you've still got time to make us happy and help us to create these microclimates. Right. We haven't
1: heard anything about social media so far. Does anyone have any fixes for the
0: communicators? This one's from Ian. Uh, he wants to know what on earth is going through the minds of Facebook and Google's uh, user experience yeah. developers. Mm. And yeah, exactly. I have to agree with him. Going it going tells- What's going on? It feels like we're going backwards. <laughs> you know, the the early versions of these services, they were not very user-friendly. We know mm. that. You had to search around to find stuff, and there really was quite a steep learning curve. But now, because all these services are adding so much functionality, that bloat is yeah. killing the user yeah. experiences. Mm. Um, for example, I'm the administrator for my company's Google Suite stuff. I have to Google how to find (laughs) and use stuff in Google's admin panel. I'm not joking.
1: Um,
0: I've never figured out how to get all the mobile permissions Mm. synced. That just seems to be impossible. Um, Or Instagram. Why can I only see direct mail items Mm. in Instagram from the feed page? Wouldn't it make more sense for it to be on my homepage where all Mm. of my pictures are stored? Mm. Why when I'm looking at somebody else's pictures? (laughs) Doesn't make a lot of sense. Nobody knows how to use no. Snapchat. No, I don't. know. No, no <laughs> exactly. Um, Twitter seems to be the only one jogging the trend, although why we need longer tweets is <laughs> anybody's guess. But... Even the humble Facebook, making a Facebook post is more post-doc these days. You know, have you seen all the options now? If you want (laughs) to tell someone you've been reading or watching something, you have to jog past half a million emojis in tabs to actually find this stuff. So come on, less time spent on scraping our browser history, more usability, please. Mm.
1: So what are you going to round off today with then?
0: I've got a couple of real doozies to finish off uh, (laughs) today. Uh, Simon wants to see washing machines that self-adjust according to how heavy the load is. Mm -hmm. That could reduce the wash time, the spin cycle, it would use less water and detergent, all that kind of stuff, so use less power. Washing machines are great, but they're not really what you call intuitive to use. Um, You still have to pour in all those liquids and powders. Obviously it's a lot better than the old way of doing everything by hand. But, I don't think washing machines have really kept pace with technology they mm. you know they're not really looking to the future and I'm not a spin cycle engineer, but I don't think that analyzing the weight and adjusting programs automatically would really be that big an ask. So go on hot point. Lather us up. (laughs) I
1: have no idea where we're heading after washing machines.
0: Well, I'm going to end today with an ask from BFM alumnus, Mm. Joe and Sen. Yes, so he kindly posted. Um, Joe and I had a bit of a a back and forth on this one because I think our visions of how it might work are slightly different. Joe is tired of stamps being so stampy. Mm. And, you know, I have to agree with him. Um, Think about how easy it is to track People, even when we don't want to be <laughs> tracked, all kinds of our devices give off location signals via GPS or Wi-Fi or RFID and all kinds of other types of signal. But when you post a letter or send a parcel, it enters this kind of black hole of semi-existence the second you drop it through the slot. Mm. But why? Mm. You know, even when you send something via a courier or by registered post, it only flashes up intermittently when somebody physically scans a barcode.
1: So you think there's a better way?
0: Well, there does have to be a better way. Um, That's the way we've been sending posts since postal services were invented. And like I said, Joe and I have different opinions on how to go about this. Joe thinks we should replace or enhance stamps with some kind of GPS device. So that way, every package would switch on at frequent intervals to update its status. I'm not sure that's possible, given the power requirements <laughs> for the the uh, GPS transmitters. I don't think we really want to think about battery-powered stamps mm-hmm. at this point, especially, you know, for the price of a 60-cent stamp yeah. GPS transmitter, it might not quite work. But as most postal infrastructure is actually fixed, I wondered if some form of RFID sensor on the package would be possible, mm. Then at numerous points throughout the postal change and all the way up to delivery, there would be RFID scanners logging the packages, and those scanners would then upload the data back to the tracking site. So you'd get almost real-time updates on where your parcel is. I'm sure that somebody has got to have something like this in development. Um, If you do know of something like this, Mm. drop us a line on Facebook or Twitter uh, at BFM Radio because... I really would like to know more about stamps.
1: How much hope is there that anyone is actually listening?
0: (laughs) No, very little. As I said, um, these things are very trivial. Um, Life functions pretty well without most of these things being improved or solved. But it's that danger of moving too far forward with a lot of things that are only half done. Um, It's that well, I think it's good enough philosophy. Mm. So many of our other technologies are so far beyond good enough that it's really hard to accept that good enough kind of mantra anymore. It's almost as though somebody is saying, well, it's good enough for you. It might not Mm. be for me, but Mm. it's good enough Mm. for you. And it isn't. Um, If I or our listeners can dream it better, then it isn't good enough. And I know these are first world problems. That said, I would love to see some of the solutions to these being presented at CES next year.
1: Mm. Matt Armitage there talking about how technology can uh, solve the trivial stuff, the stuff that we've forgotten uh, back in the uh, what in the early days, I guess.
0: The early days of about a decade ago,
1: yeah. It's actually still very new. Yeah, no, busy it's all very far, new. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but, but that's the point. We we mm. move so far mm. away from these things so quickly and people forget to go back and kind of fine-tune the details.
1: Or maybe there is a reason to forget some of those stuff, huh? We never know. Well, we'll find out after the break, <laughs> won't we? BFM 89.9.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes.